Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spacek. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately the show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please check out our great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. They're committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. They believe you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you go to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com and use promo code Cinepunks, you'll get 10% off. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at XLVACX, or you can also get information about how to support their move to a new building. Yeah. All right. So this is our end of year episode. We are recording it on the last day of the year, although you won't be hearing it until the first until a few more days, but that's all right. Um, so for our getting to know you question, the setup, um, I'm asking Nick, what was your top highlight of 2023? Not not horror or anything, just your or unless it is just your life. Honestly, like it's it it's it's kind of like a twofer because I think one allowed the other. Okay. My first one is that I bought a new car back in April, like not new, but new to me and probably the newest vehicle I've ever, like the, like the vehicle I've owned that is like least old. Yeah. <laughs> um, And like, it's just, it it's nice to feel like I was like, oh, I have a car payment. I like, usually I just buy a used car and I just like pay for it and all in one go or I buy it from a friend and like make it in like four installments or something. But no, this is like, I have an actual car payment. For the first time in my life, at, <laughs> you're you growing know, up as, as a middle-aged man. Um, but because of that and having a new vehicle, that gave me the ability to drive to Kansas City for the weekend and do my first ever like overnight full weekend stay at a horror convention, which was Crypticon this year. Um, and like I really like that. Just feel like they're not like super like oh man like new job or like we got new pet or you know anything like that it's just like very basic things that mm -hmm. like one doing one just sort of normal thing let me do another thing that was fun and i feel like that just really elevated this year it just like like not having to worry about a vehicle like just takes yeah. away a lot of stress it uh, adds new stress but it takes away like the yeah. it like well, I can't go in it like, you know, where I'd have to like borrow Tanya's vehicle if I wanted to go to something in like Kansas City or whatever. And now I can just kind of go. Nice. What about you? That's funny because in a way mine is similar. I didn't really think about the new car aspect, but I I did get a new car as well, which I did use to take to Fantastic Fest, which was the highlight for me of 2023, even though I just this has just been kind of a boring year which is fine boring is better than bad but i've just felt <laughs> bored in general like i even got a new job and it still is like yeah, it's exciting i'm making more money that's great it's boring it's a boring job at a boring employer it's everything's boring everything is boring <laughs> i used to rock and roll and now i'm boring um but i know that's not true i just i'm in a place where i feel bored but fantastic fest was so fun and i was so glad to get to go and it's 
I think that was probably, even though I did uh, some other cool things, you know, I got to go to South by and that was cool, but Fantastic Fest for me was better, more focused on what I like. I literally had so much fun at um, Crypticon, like getting to stay there and like just getting to just do stuff without having to worry about that drive back. Mm-hmm. It tied in, like we had already kind of, Tanya and I had already kind of made the decision that after having done um, the Folk Alliance International Conference and dri- driving back and forth at like just like three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. it's like, we want to do this again next year. We both had fun. Let's just get a hotel room and just stay in Kansas City the entire time. That way we can just like walk over, you know, from the uh, walk over from Crown Center to the Sheraton and just crash. Yeah. And because like last year, like that drive, because it's, you know, you have to walk from the hotel to the parking garage and then drive home and then come home and like brush teeth and everything. So by the time we were getting to bed, it was like 4 a.m. Yeah. And that just like, but we didn't go to the last day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just killed. Like, we just woke up on Saturday morning. And was like, now we're done. Yeah, yeah. Well, get to travel. Yeah, getting to travel is the best. Let us know what your favorite things of 2023 were. Was this a boring year for you too? Are you ready to see it hit the road, or was it a good year? Let us know. Yeah. This is technically yours, but I'm going to step on it anyway, because we said we weren't going to do any new nightmares because we're just going to do our top of. But I do have one thing that's not news at all, and it's really silly, but we sort of saw play out either live if you're a sports fan or on the Internet, the greatest horror short of the year at the Pop-Tarts Bowl when the Pop-Tart mascot cooked himself alive while holding a sign that said dreams do come true and then was eaten live in front of a crowd by the football team and that was amazing and the whole world was into it without realizing that what they were watching was incredibly dark and incredibly delicious <laughs> oh the memes have been glorious uh, thank so you good. thank you sports for blessing us with just the most unhinged thing to thank end you, the year marketing team <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant i don't I, know if you saw the tweet it was probably by some reporter I'm not familiar with who um, I guess he was eating a Pop-Tart while talking to the mascot and he said it just feels weird to be eating a Pop-Tart while talking to a Pop-Tart and the Pop-Tart handler goes no they love it and then the Pop-Tart reached out and pushed the Pop-Tart into his mouth (laughs) yeah oh it's like the gingerbread man uh, (laughs) lives in a gingerbread house is he made out of the house or is the house made out of him Yep. (laughs) wow Pop-Tarts are cannibals weird terrifying i love it sacrificial cult indeed (laughs) and now our feature presentation
now it is time for our feature presentation, um, which is our favorites of 2023. Uh, we'll each Yay. present uh, our top 10 going back and forth. And we're going to start off with our honorable mentions. And I do just want to say, we didn't see everything. These are just our favorites of what we saw. I know I missed a lot of stuff. Same. So, and also that it like, there's always good stuff and, and there's this doesn't besmirch anything on my list. There wasn't that much good horror to the, just to say that some of the things on my list are like, is that horror? Same. I just kind of had to be like, I think it is, but maybe it's more of a psychological thriller or just too wacky for any other genre. So anyway, that's, I just wanted to jump in there with that before you're like, but what about, we didn't see it all. We try. We don't, we can only do what we can do. We're just humans with day jobs. Yeah. Evening jobs, other jobs. <laughs> okay. How should we start? Honorable uh, mentions. Who wants to yeah, go first? Let's go honorable mentions. And uh, why don't you kick us off with uh, what things didn't quite make your top 10? All right. My kind of, I don't know, leave behind just misses were uh, Megan, which was super fun, but just missed the top 10. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, which, you know, depending on your love of the franchise was good or bad, but I thought it, it had some great... Um, effects and some scary moments they cloned tyrone which i think a lot of people slept on on netflix uh maybe he's not even horror maybe he's more sci-fi but i thought it was a pretty wild and interesting story suitable flesh which um is just horny as heck and basically skinamax <laughs> with lovecraft and the blackening uh which getting to see in the theater on juneteenth week as part of the Kansas City Juneteenth celebration is 100% the best way to see that movie. Mine are uh, kind of a twofer. Renfield and Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, like just two really fresh and fun, not groundbreaking, but really enjoyable takes on the Dracula story. Um, I was not expecting to enjoy Last Voyage of the Demeter as much as I did. But uh, it is essentially uh, Alien with a vampire. Nice. Uh, Scream 6, um, which I enjoyed, but um, definitely had some things. Uh, Wrath of Becky, um, a great sequel, but I think it just didn't quite hit horror enough. It is like definitely more of an action thriller. Mm-hmm. Again, suitable flesh. Um, like It's fun. It's great. Their performances are amazing, but like so it just never went white it is a Stuart gordon homage it is not a Stuart gordon film um yeah just like it doesn't quite go as hard as it needs to uh the outwaters the first uh found footage movie i've seen in forever that i quite enjoyed uh and that was this year. <laughs> oh yeah cocaine bear good one not horror but oh man it's it's scary when it needs to be and just yeah absolutely like Roy Wood Jr., God bless him. Well, one of your honorable mentions is on my list proper, so. All righty. What's, what's, let's get started. What's your number 10? My number 10, and I think this could be controversial because I, I think either people didn't see this or they didn't like it, was uh, actually Pet Cemetery Bloodlines on Paramount+. Oh. Plus. Um, I quite liked it. It's, it's maybe not what people were expecting, but as far as an origin story imagined by people who aren't Stephen King... I thought it did a pretty good job and I thought that it was interesting and had some good stuff and that the the big actors who are in it didn't stand out as oh my god a cameo like they worked in they fit but you were still excited to see them like you're still excited that's David Duchovny you're still stoked but 
it wasn't like oh here's david duchovny here for his one day of work he he were you know he was the character it worked and i i think people should give it a chance if you have paramount plus like don't don't tell yourself you don't need another pet cemetery story because you might like it it could be good i did not see that one now i might have to check it out yeah uh, paramount plus login i could give you my number 10 is one of your honorable mentions and it is they clone tyrone um and we did an episode about it and we waxed rhapsodic over um it um jewel taylor's directorial debut um like it's just it's so much fun um like the the performances are really what makes it and the like just the stylishness of the the whole situation it is it is a movie that i really feel like i need to go back and rewatch. yeah um, and that might be part of my like how i start 2024 is go back and rewatch some of these movies that i remember enjoying just to see like what thing like i feel like this is definitely um along with a another movie on my list uh, that might have some things that i just didn't catch and i yeah, feel like there's, sure. there's there's a rabbit hole uh which i can go down yeah all right my number nine i got to catch this as with many things on my list actually at panic fest um this is one of those that i'm not totally sure you can count it as horror uh it's kick me it's a local production based set in kansas city kansas where i live and it you can rent it now on vod um it's just a wild ride it's just a madcap wild ride where when you think it can't get any weirder it does um i was i kept asking myself like are you putting this on the list because you liked it that much or because it's local and that you know it's like hey that's my mcdonald's that's my street that's my cbs no but i really did like i watched it a couple times because i saw it at panic fest but i also reviewed it so i watched it as a screener and you just catch stuff when you watch it the next time and it's just fun and wild and i recommend spending your 299 or whatever checking it out i've heard a few people talk about it i have not had a chance to check that one out um my number nine is also like weird and wild and goes in some very different directions but i think kind of in a very very different way um and that is uh the uh kickstarter uh success uh Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Um the uh, Andrew Andrew Bowser's uh like feature length um expansion of his popular online character. Um I had so much fun with this movie. Like it is it's like I think it's one of those you either vibe with or you don't. Like it could I mm -hmm. could definitely see how this might just annoy the ever-loving shit out of some people, but like it hit me in exactly the right place. It's just it's giggly and it's silly, but it doesn't go too far in any given direction. Um, and it's got a great cast. I mean, uh, it's got Olivia Taylor Dudley. It's got Barbara Crampton. It's got uh, Jeffrey Combs. Like, like um, uh, just, oh, it's got Arden Mirren. Um, yeah, it is. It is so much fun. And just like if you have Screenbox, definitely check it out like it is it, it's exactly it's the sort of light-hearted thing that is also just frighteningly splattery really violent yeah. um I, it's yeah it's maybe one of my favorite horror comedies in a good long while i'll have to check that out i haven't watched that one yet i've heard that it's divisive like if you if that character annoys you you're not gonna 
like this movie. <laughs> All right, number eight. And my number eight, this is another one I saw at Panic Fest. Um, and I think it didn't get any kind of really quote unquote proper release i didn't see any fanfare about it at all but it's now quietly on tubi and you can rent it and it's called mother may i it has it stars kyle gallner who's kind of become our scream king a scream king lately um and this is the other one on my list that i was like maybe it's not horror i'm not sure um essentially what happens is kyle gallner's character and his girlfriend are going to his estranged mother's house she has passed away and he's going to sell it and then it gets weird. And the whole film is so beautiful. Like it's almost like a dance. It's almost choreographed rather than you know, so much of the acting is in like the, the movements. And because essentially you're trying to figure out his girlfriend starts to like take on the mannerisms that his mother had. So you're trying to figure out like, is that really happening? Is it in his head? It, you know, is she possessed? Are they on mushrooms? You don't really know, but it's really, really interesting. And, you know, a lot of the letterbox reviews are like, it's nothing happens. This is just a relationship movie. But, but a lot of movies are just relationship movies. And that doesn't mean that nothing happens. Quite a lot happens. And if you pay attention and you sit with it, it's definitely a slow burn for sure. And there's not a lot in there that's like horrific, but it's tense and it's psychological. I recommend it. It's on Tubi for free. Although the commercials, of course, kind of kill the mood a little. But this is also the first of three films I have on my list that are now on Tubi that I think are worth paying attention to. Um, my number eight is Sarah the Bone Woman um, by Michelle Garza Cervera and her directorial debut. Um, this is as I would we we did a, a year end roundup um, a couple two weeks ago um, for the pitch. And I mentioned this and I think every time I explain this movie to somebody is just that like, this is the movie that you could listen to and it would terrify you. Yeah. Like the, the sounds in this movie are just like, you could watch it without English subs and just be like, something horrible is happening. Yeah, for sure. The, the sound of like the bones cracking in this movie. It's it's also shot wonderfully and it's very hallucinatory and was one of those that I went into knowing absolutely nothing about it and just like I'm not gonna say fell in love because this is a hard movie. To yeah. <laughs> you can't love this movie, but like man, it's it's impressive and it's so good. And it even like does not have an ending that makes you like there are a couple movies on my list like i think that's my theme this year is that like a lot of movies that just have real downer endings there's not a lot of hope this year at the no end of things. no <laughs> but oh man these movies are great yeah yeah that one didn't make my list but that's a good one see we do this and i'm like my list is all wrong <laughs> once it's out there you just gotta roll with it okay my number seven we're back to tubi this is bury, bury the bride this is the second feature by Spider One in conjunction with his life and writing partner, Chrissy Fox. Um, it starts out, it sets up like a hillbilly horror where a, a gang of ladies are going to stay in a remote desert house for a bachelorette party. And initially I was like, it's just going to be like the hills have eyes. We've already got that. Yada, yada. But when the twist happens, and I actually watched this as a screener before Panic Fest. I like almost jumped off my couch because when the twist happened, I was like, yes. So then getting to watch it with the crowd at Panic Fest and watch everybody else have that reaction was awesome because I was like, 
eagerly waiting for that moment. Like, all right, what's going to happen? Is everybody going to be as excited as I was that it's not what you think it is and that what it is is more way more interesting? And it did get that reaction. Uh, I just think the things that Spider-1 is doing so far, it's just, it's so, it, he's, every, I mean, it's just two films so far, but they've both been so different that it just is an interesting range, hard to pin down exactly what he is as a filmmaker, but I like it. I watched that as a screener and was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, it's it's a way to, you know, spend some time before work or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what? I, I think it may have had a little bit to do with the fact that I was just like, oh, God, he's Rob Zombie's brother. This is going to suck. Sorry. Sorry, Rob Zombie fans. Like, I. Yeah. He makes. I think we've been clear that he's just not for us. He makes great looking movies that have definite things and terrible acting and iffy storylines um but like it's it's so funny to just like watch this and it's like oh this is like a definitive vision and like the characters like are well developed in Mm -hmm. that like low budget way i feel like he's working like whereas rob zombie works in more like 60s 70s sort of grindhousey stuff like spider one is very much working in the late 80s early 90s vein um Mm -hmm. but like making those movies more interesting yeah it's yeah like yeah i I kind of forgot about bury the bride but as soon as you i was like oh it's so good yeah unlike sherry moon chrissy fox is actually a really good actress like incredibly capable and in in both this film and in their first film allegoria she just got these epic monologues that for a monologue they could get tedious or boring they don't they stay engaging and yeah she does a great job everyone does a great job in it yeah so good uh number seven for me is mind body spirit oh yeah alex hennis and matthew miranda uh this is the found footage movie that just Oh, it entranced me. Like, I really, like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I like the Outwaters, but the Outwaters works better when you've seen, like, all of the, like, extra short films that they made to go with it. Kind Mm -hmm. of expands things and explains things a bit more. Whereas Mind, Body, Spirit is a movie that just works. Like, there is so much crammed into this and so many things hidden in the details that um, it's, it does a lot with a very, little um for sure and i i think that's that's what really makes this movie work is that it's it's a pretty much one location almost solo performance for most of it and it Mm -hmm. manages to keep you just you're afraid to look away which i think is like the best compliment you can give a movie like this where you're just like i don't i'm afraid i'm gonna miss something if i like glance at my phone or look at the clock or anything like or start petting a cat like it's just you have to just remain locked because otherwise you're gonna miss like a split second thing that will also creep you the hell out yeah yeah so much of that movie happens in the shadow and it's not a dark movie Mm -hmm. so that like in the shadow in the way the light plays yeah very good stuff i I don't know why I think I think I thought maybe that didn't actually come out this year and I didn't put it on my list because we saw it at festivals and I was like, maybe I didn't come out. I think that's why it missed my list because I wasn't sure on that, but definitely a good one. Um, All right. Number six. Number six for me was one of your honorable mentions, which is Renfield. Uh, 
one thing to know about me, I love showers of blood and a good laugh. And that's what <laughs> Renfield is bringing to the table. Um, I love Aquafina. Nicholas Holt is obviously one of our favorite new Scream Kings as well. It's just such a good time. Nick Cage does great. Like, I was worried, you know, this movie isn't about Dracula. So is Nick Cage going to take it over? He he plays it just enough as this creepy, un, especially unsavory Dracula. So many times we get sexy vampires. It's not a sexy vampire movie. It's just fun and ridiculous. Um, I actually just got the Blu-ray for Christmas. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm hoping that it's got the cut out skanking scene. So fingers <laughs> crossed on that. <laughs> All right. Um, my number six is one of your honorable mentions and that is megan um it's i love the way this became a phenomenon and i love the way that there were so many things in the first half of the year that i was absolutely sure were going to be the halloween costume Mm-hmm. Like Megan, like back in January, it's just like, oh, this is what everybody is going to be. And then we got Wednesday a little bit later on. And I was like, maybe it'll yeah. be Wednesday. Maybe it'll be Megan. Maybe it'll be Megan dressed up like Wednesday. And then Barbie came and obliterated all of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> like a nuclear bomb. Um, justifiably. Yes. And the uh, Barbie costumes were easier to just buy off the shelf. Correct. But no, Megan is a, a movie that is it's fun. It's exciting. Like the gory cut is legitimately just as enjoyable. It doesn't feel like anything they took out. Like you totally the movie works, whether it's bloody or less bloody. Um, and they set up a, a sequel in a way that doesn't feel forced, which I was very, very excited about. So like we're getting another one in 2025 and um thanks to the um filmmakers skill in setting that up it can kind of go anywhere yeah for sure see now i had placed megan higher (laughs) all right my number five is totally killer um i just thought this one was super fun i like the taking of a traditionally non-horror premise of time travel and making it horror and making it so fun that you don't care about the logistics at all and we all know the time travel logistics are never going to make sense because we don't have time travel uh, but it doesn't matter because it's fun it's got Kiernan Shipka who does not love her everyone loves her she's so great and it's just a fun throwback to the 80s but taking a look at the 80s through it with a modern eye <laughs> and and calling out the areas that are problematic and just saying it like hey we don't do that anymore which is plus, you know, again, showers of blood. That is actually one that, like, I didn't know whether I wanted to put it on my list or not. I feel like I kind of watched it, like, as just sort of a, a, a toss-off, like, in one afternoon while I had some spare time. And I don't feel like I gave it my full attention. And I had fun watching it. Like, everybody in it. I love movies where you watch it and it's like, everybody had fun making this. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody was having a blast at just how absurd and silly and also the mask holy shit oh great mask yeah great mask um new favorite mm-hmm. for sure but yeah i definitely need to i need to give that some more attention because i have a feeling like i mean horror companies who can't love them so good Kill choice, that too. uh my number five is uh ted gagan's 
Brooklyn 45, the right. real time movie. Um, I really wish I hadn't had to work the other night. Like a couple nights ago, he did like a, it was on Shutter TV and he did a tweet along and did like a whole bunch of behind the scenes reveals and things like that. It's just like the performances in this movie are just great. It's a locked room. It's it could be a play. It's it's also, I think, a movie that is very rare. And I think Ted does these really well where there are movies with adults like mm-hmm. and I mean, like adult adults, like not, you know, people in their late 30s. I mean, like like his like this and we are still here are like movies about like adult shit. And I feel like that kind of gets ignored in horror a lot. Um, yeah. Like and it's it's nice to see like some meditation on not just like love or romance, but like big deal shit that you don't really understand until you get older and that's not to like be ageist or anything it's just like the the way he addresses just like big issues that come with like aging and like losing people like his movies Mm -hmm. deal with grief and loss in a really amazing way and uh it it's just it, it it hit me harder emotionally than i thought uh, a movie with this much uh, facial trauma would. Yeah, it, it turns out, kids, life only gets scarier as you get older. <laughs> the closer you get to impending death, the more real it becomes. All right, we're on to number four, and my number four is Infinity Pool, the the movie of bodily fluids, <laughs> as any good Cronenberg should be. Although this is Brandon Cronenberg, um, I just this movie just stuck with me. After I saw it, I just, I thought about it and thought about it, finally watched it again. And I was like, I still like it. It's still weird. The absolute iconic moment with Mia Goth on the hood of a Cadillac eating fried chicken and drinking champagne straight out of the bottle is like life goals that I will never achieve. (laughs) It's, it's weird. It makes, he's really good. Brandon Cronenberg is really good at just making a whole new world. Like it's not a real place. And it's not a real reality, but it it feels like it could be. There could be this weird island where if you do any minor thing, they will sentence you to death and you can make a clone with enough money and and then watch your clone die. That feels like a near future hellscape that could happen. <laughs> uh, it's just like the worst vacation movie. And in a year that I didn't get to take any kind of fun vacation, it was like, yeah, see, vacations are dangerous. So. <laughs> You know, it just all around a good flick that works on rewatch for me. It only it just leaves you with more questions. You never know, like who did the clone die? Did the original die? We never. There's no way to know. Um, it's just and it's just you know. There's also been a lot this year. Not a lot on my list, but a lot this year of rich people acting weird, rich people doing weird shit. I think we're just in a period where we're really examining what rich people do and. All I know about the extremely wealthy is what I've seen in movies, which is drugs and deviant sex. So I assume that's all the extremely wealthy people do. That is one of like three movies that I am. I somehow, despite all of my tries, never got around to watching this year. It was that and Cobweb and Black Mold, like all three are Mm. movies that I have on a piece of paper sitting (laughs) to my right on this desk. (laughs) 
like it's like you should you need to watch these for the year end episode and i just holidays got in the way it happened it happens um my number four is lee cronin's evil dead rise um way up there right i was not expecting to like it as much as i did and the like after going back and re-watching it after it hit max i was just like it's so solid a way of like bringing it all around i love the way like it starts and ends uh i love like the the tie-ins to the various other parts of the series it's i mean possessed records like i mean you have me at possessed records let's be fair sure. um it's it it's it's what makes trick or treat such a delight like it's i can't resist it and also it is as much as i thought got revealed in that trailer like mm -hmm. it's so much worse than the film yeah the only thing that's not worse in the film is that they really held back on the cheese grater they could have gone further with the cheese grater. They made a T-shirt that has it <laughs> on it that either Cavity Colors or Fright Rag put it out. And I was like, "Listen, yeah, like it's not enough to get its own mention on a cheat on a T-shirt." Like, yeah, but yeah. Um, the only thing I want more from this movie is like much in the way that you can buy a reproduction Necronomicon. I would like to be able to buy a reproduction of the record set. Oh yeah, somebody out there make it happen. I mean, that's playing with fire, dude. It's like you're asking to be possessed. I know, but... <laughs> Probably have a Ouija uh, board in your house, too. No. Good. Never. All right. Number three. Speaking of things on Nick's list of things he didn't see before we started recording, <laughs> my number three is Black Mold. Um, I just really love this film. This is on Tubi right now. I think they're hoping to do some more distribution with it, but you can watch it for free on Tubi. Um. It's just a really, it's an interesting premise. So it's photographers who go around and take pictures of abandoned buildings and whatnot. And then they kind of get like their silver tuna, this old institution, um, some sort of a military or scientific testing place. It sort of gives former mental institution vibes, but that's not, it. that is more scientific testing of some sort, I think. Anyway, they get in there. And shit goes wild. And it, it does fall into this category of how much is really happening, how much is in their head because there's this black mold in the air that could be causing hallucinations. Um, but it all feels really real until there until parts where it doesn't, until parts where they're suddenly like, you know, what was your biggest fear as a child? Oh, there it is in front of your face. Um in a way that's you know, very standard horror movie, but it, it works with the story. Uh, this is also the second appearance on our list by Jeremy Holm, who was in Brooklyn 45. He had a very good year in uh, low budget horror, but but quality, good low budget horror. And he plays a really good role in this. Um, this is, you know, this people are kind of getting kind of tired of horror movies dealing with grief. And that this is one of those that deals with grief. And it really if you've lost someone close to you, the main character lost her father. She's got a lot of guilt surrounding it and a lot of, you know, unanswered questions and all that kind of comes back around in a really interesting way. Uh, I just think it hits all the notes. It's scary. It's emotional. I think you should all go watch it. 
Speaking of movies dealing with grief, um, my number three is Brian Duffield's No One Will Save You. Um, a movie I feel I am the more I think about it, the more pissed off I am. This movie ended up on Hulu. Like it would have been great in the theaters. It would have been so great with a crowd. Like this is like it's it's a fantastic movie. Obviously, it's my number three. Um. And I'm sure some people are like, it's sci-fi. Like, it is a horror movie. It is as much a horror movie as Alien. It's a horror movie, which is to say it's very much a horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. It's terrifying. It has Caitlin Deaver delivering, like, one of those performances that I wish more people were talking about in year-end lists. Um, just, like, normie things. I mean, she has so much heavy lifting to do in this movie because she gets like one line and uh, it's a great line, but mm-hmm. like it is like all of this is her acting with like her face and her posture and her body language is just amazing. Um, fantastic use of um, a very excellent old song that I can't remember the name of that pops up here and there. Um, that is a fantastic earworm. Yeah. It's, um, and Joseph Trapanese's score like has to also do some really heavy lifting and goes like all over the place from like whimsical to terrifying to freaky weird sci-fi shit. And yeah, like I don't know why this went straight to Hulu, but this would have been like a superb end of summer, just like sneak attack in the theaters. Yeah, it would have been really cool to see in the theaters because it is all is another one of those that you do have to really focus and sometimes at home it's harder to focus when you're in the theater you have to focus and just and plus those scenes with those big aliens mm-hmm. spoilers i think we all know it's aliens pretty clear from the beginning but those just would have been cool on the big screen for sure yeah just getting to like hear everything because like there's a lot of uh, again like this is another movie that does like really amazing like sound work and like just hearing that and like surround sound would have been just a joy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure all right we're on to the top two my number two is the one that i definitely thought in march was going to be my number one for the whole year and then again when i saw it in the summer i was still like this is it it's not going to get better Obviously it did, but it's still that that is to say it's essentially kind of tied for number one and just barely got eked out by a preference that I have and it is talk to me. Um I we did an episode on it, you know that we really liked it. I love Australian horror, even though this doesn't fall into the typical standard like sun soaked outback Australian horror that we get a lot of, which is part of why it's so interesting. Um and the, you know, it's this young cast who's doing a great job. It's fun. It's scary. There are moments that no matter how many times I watch it, I'm like, no, don't. And I just think it's great. I, th- I think it got people who don't like horror talking. It got people who do like horror talking and disagreeing. Some Because it got hyped and, and hype will kill something for some people. Um, but yeah, excellent, excellent movie. When we did our episode on this, like the things that that we really focused in on were the fact that like Danny and Michael Philippou's like this is their debut film, and it doesn't yeah. it's not a great first film. It's a great film, period. Yeah, yeah. And also, it does the rare thing where it has every character in this movie 
you care about. You might not like them, mm-hmm. but you still care about what happens to them. And that is a very difficult thing to do, even for experienced filmmakers. Yeah. And this is a movie where like everything that happens to anybody hurts mm-hmm. in various different ways, like be it emotionally or like viscerally in a very literal sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it is. It, it it is just such a, an amazingly solid movie that I'm just like, I don't know if I want more in this world or if I just want to see what those brothers can do next. I I'd yeah. be happy with either to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it gets some guff for being a rather heavy handed allegory for addiction and it, sure it is, but it's also a story about being a teenager and just, wanting to do what your friends are doing and not caring that it seems incredibly dangerous because as previously discussed, the further you are from eventual death, the more it doesn't seem real. So you don't, you're not scared of stuff like this. Like I always would have been, I never would have played this game. Absolutely not. No way, no how, but I definitely wouldn't now. (laughs) I'm too close to death. Um, So yeah, it just, even though we're far from being teenagers now, you can still totally relate to that feeling of like being at a party and people are doing something. And maybe at first you're like, no. And then you watch it a few times. And you're like, well, yeah, I could, I could try. It doesn't look that bad. What? 90 seconds. I could do 90 seconds or something. It's fine. And, and it gets out of hand, takes hold. I have a feeling based on what your number two was that my number two is probably your number one. Um, All right. And that is Demian Rugna's When Evil Lurks. Indeed. Uh, and I suppose I can also reveal that my number one <laughs> talk to me. Um, and again, I feel the same way as you. Like these, these are like it. It flip flops. This could have been totally mm-hmm. different if I had written this list on a different day. Like if I had given it a little more thought, I would have. Like I can't. They're both just. Uh, superb movies that mm-hmm. take fairly standard like i mean they're both essentially possession movies um yeah and they they're so different and they do such unique things with them and like a, i think a good example is one is you know um argentinian and one is australian and it's the like it's the ever popular thing it's like you know what's awesome about horror is like when it doesn't matter like where it's from if it's scary it's scary and both of these movies are scary even though they are very like slightly culturally different in australia i mean and then very culturally different in argentina but they offer so much Mm -hmm. and in a way culturally different but not at all especially you know, for those of us who've grown up in areas kind of rural adjacent, we're not that far from this kind of farm life that happens in Winnie Evil Lurks. Even, you know, it's different culture, different language, but it's not so dissimilar to rural America as well. And, and when Evil Lurks talk to me, Brooklyn 45, this is the year of facial trauma in a film. Yeah. Uh, you have problems with people's faces getting like very graphically destroyed on screen. 2023 might not have been your year. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, yeah. Bloody faces. Yeah. And very, I don't know about you, but the thing I really enjoyed about both of these movies is that they present a like 
they present like lore and legend and urban legend in a way that it's perfectly it it, it doesn't have to be forced like all of mm-hmm. both in both cases the story of the thing that is happening is that you you pick it up as you go along which is kind of how it, like you don't have yeah. somebody sit down and explain there's no there's no expository scene in either of these movies it's just yeah. like con- through conversation between people like in a very natural way and i think that's what makes mm-hmm. these movies so enjoyable is that you're not force fed anything and you're rewarded for paying attention to- and i love filmmakers who respect my ability to trust understand me. what they're doing they trust me and that is yeah that's a really great thing yeah yeah and they both hinge i until talking about this i didn't realize how actually similar these films are they both hinge on these folklore things that aren't real in either culture um but they seem real it seems like yeah this totally is a thing in argentina or yeah this hand is a thing that's going around australia or maybe other places that we'll find out about in the sequel and while in talk to me it's more like the rules are sort of maybe made up by what the kids have kind of found in practice when evil lurks it's like the rules are ancestral you know like oral history has brought them down the grandma is like oh yeah i've heard of this here's the rules there's a song about it actually (laughs) yeah and both the best part is that nobody follows the rules in either one that's why it's fun uh, well, there are people who follow the rules, and then they, yes, until somebody doesn't, and that's why we have these movies. Um, yep. these are both movies that I feel like recommending. To, like, I I feel like these are um, you know, we've we've talked about the different levels of like varsity, junior varsity, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. these are movies where it's just like, man, I, recommending the horror fa- fans, no problem. I feel like recommending these to people who are like, so what are your favorite movies of the year? It's like, listen, yeah, I'm asking you to take on a lot. But, yeah, you know, I mean, there are people who, like, watch, like, crazy true crime stuff all the time. So I feel like if you can handle that, like, if you can handle intense shit, like, you can handle this. But, like, be forewarned. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it depends on, like, your personal triggers. Like, if body horror bothers you, yeah, there's going to be some hard parts in both, especially in When Evil Lurks. If, <laughs> if you don't like gooiness evil lurks is going to be when evil lurks is going to be hard for you you have problems with if you like i mean like honestly talk to me if you have problems with like addiction or like self-harm or anything like that like this is a movie that's gonna like do Mm -hmm. some stuff but it if you have a soft spot for kangaroos (laughs) the cgi kangaroo just looks too real you guys too real but I feel like both of these movies handle their subject matter really, really well. It's not like neither of these movies feel exploitative, which is, uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I, I think, a, like, a theme of the films we like, where it's just the movies that we enjoy, like, seem to respect and trust their viewership. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, in a year where I feel like there wasn't enough spectacular horror, the that doesn't take away from the fact that these top two, top four or five, at least even, I mean, really everything on my list, I recommend I stand behind, but especially these top two would stand up to even a year that was like packed with horror. Like I feel like last year was like packed with great horror. And this year was like, there were some standouts, but it wasn't, you know, balls to the wall, great horror, but these would stand up in even a heavier playing field. 
yeah these these movies can go to bat with anything like uh, to me these are like two of the best like horror movies i've seen in the last like five years like they they stand up and could go toe to toe yeah yeah i know a lot of like hardened horror people who came out of talk to me and were like i was genuinely scared in that movie which is hard to do for those of us who see (laughs) a lot of this stuff you know and i don't i don't think either of these scared me as much as uh damian rugna's first or previous feature terrified but still still very scary and yet fun so that's that's what matters yeah we will post these up on our socials so that you can save them and refer back to them as you catch up on the year and let us know what we missed because we know we missed i didn't see godzilla minus one everybody was putting that at the top of their list i didn't see it there's a lot of stuff that i missed um yep didn't see cobweb yeah i did see cobweb it obviously didn't make my list but it was fun (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, no, Godzilla Minus One is just like one of those that like it came out for me at the worst possible time for me to try Mm -hmm. to go be in a theater. Like any night I had free the last 31 days was booked. Yeah. (laughs) Like we went we went hard for Christmas this year and I don't regret it, but um this this list may have suffered slightly because of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's always more than any one person or any two people can see. I suppose if somehow we divided and conquered, but that wouldn't work either. It would never work. We're, there's there's never going to be enough time. And then, you know, you also, I feel like there's a lot of big budget things on my list, which I didn't expect, um, which I think is fun. And hopefully I, hopefully I also represented some small budget things properly because I, I like a good mix. I like that there's both. Yeah, and uh, the 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 nice thing is, is like, there's stuff like on both of our lists that neither of us have seen, and that's what's mm-hmm. great about like the first couple weeks of January is they're they're usually it's it the the first month month and a half of the next year gets a little slim pickings, so it's nice yeah. to have time to play catch up. Yeah, we didn't even have like obviously we didn't do our news feed, but there really wasn't anything that we missed you know there's just no news right now so it really worked out but i think uh it picks back up about mid-january hopefully yeah yeah so tell us your list tell us what we missed tell us what we got wrong tell us what we got right if you hadn't seen any of these and you watch them and you like them or hate them come tell us that too please do coming up i have so many books oh my god uh i i that that is i'm gonna obviously uh as previously mentioned play catch up for you know some of the movies that i i never got around to watching this year that i really want to watch but also like i have i am still trying to like play catch up on books like that i have gotten from the library tanya got me uh never whisper after dark um the native indigenous like horror anthology that has made several people's like top horror books of the year 
so I've got that to read. I've got like another gigantic history of hip hop to read. Um, but yeah, so many horror, great 2023 horror books that I d- didn't have time to get to that I'm just steadily working my way through. And it's just a, like, I, 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 I'm very excited about it. And, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Although by the time this episode comes out, I may or may not have spent far too much money uh, on Vinegar Syndrome's subscriber week deals, nice. uh, which kick off on January 1st and run all week where they'll have a bunch of sales. So probably by the time this episode drops on Thursday, you'll have missed most of them, but possibly have a chance to hop in and save yourself some money and get some get some stuff. Nice. I got a I've got a one a vinegar center gift card. Oh, coming to me. So hopefully that arrives in time to take advantage of a sale. Yep. Fatal games. It's on my list. Nice. Finally have to have that on disc. What about you? You know, I don't have anything specific coming up. I'm coming off of a very long work break. I never take this week off and I have taken the week off between Christmas and New Year. So I'm on like day 11 of 12 off where I've just essentially been a potato for a week and a half. Um. So I'm just going to be getting back to work, which is its own horror, but I'm sure I'll find some other things. Keep me busy. Yeah, I have to be at work in three hours to work six hours of New Year's Eve. We have already nominated one of of us to be the person who's just going to stand at the front doors the last half hour and just count down people and then bounce people who tried to come in the last like five minutes. Nice. Nice. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks for listening to the carnage report this episode and all year long um you can find us on twitter and instagram at report carnage and we can be reached via email at carnage report pod at gmail.com if you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes share your thoughts um you know suggest movies uh that we didn't see this year that we should um or things that if you're if you're in the industry and you know secrets let us know yeah, we love secrets. We also love stickers and we have some and we'll give them to you. If you reach out to us on socials or email us, we will send you some. That Some are sparkly, some are not sparkly. They've all got cute cats on them. If you see us in person, ask. We've got them on. We've got them on hand and we have buttons as well. Indeed. All of music featured in this episode is by my brother, Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at notter.bandcamp.com. Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am Dark Humor Girl everywhere you are looking. I just found a funny meme about Geminis, which I am making everybody follow them on Letterboxd. <laughs> so now I feel real weird about always asking you guys to follow me on Letterboxd. <laughs> Apparently I'm living up to my astrological sign. Anyway, Nick, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on X slash Twitter slash Blue Sky at Nuthouse Punks. You can find me on instagram at nicklaus mouse and you can find me on instagram at from and inspired yay yeah thanks for listening everybody we'll mm-hmm. be back in a couple weeks with our first episode of the new year uh featuring a roundup of the latest news and horror where we talk about night swim directed by bryce mcguire julie what is it about it's very simple a woman swimming in her pool is terrorized by an evil spirit We'll see where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's more to it than that. <laughs> I certainly hope so, or it's going to be a very short episode. Yeah. <laughs> Again, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye.